Episodes are going to be posted on everywhere where you can listen to different podcasts. So, you know, if you can't sit down and watch the video, make sure you check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it is that you listen to podcasts, it's going to be on there. But yeah, this is episode 10. So we've been doing this for 10 weeks now. Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. We're at double digits. But uh, yeah, without further ado, make sure to guys uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Um, and yeah, let's get right into this episode. All right, so I think first things first, it's been a pretty crazy week, but uh, I think we can, it's safe to say officially that uh, Biden has won the presidential election and is going to become the next, uh, I think the 46th president of the United States. So congratulations to, you know, Mr. Biden and uh, Kamala Harris on their successful campaign. First things first that they wanted to do. So on Monday, uh, Biden and his team announced a new coronavirus task force. Um, so in his first speech as president-elect, he confirmed that he's going to announce a group of leading scientists and experts um, as transition advisors to help implement his pandemic response plan. So he said, our work begins with getting COVID under control. Uh, that plan will be built on a bedrock of science. It will be constructed out of compassion, empathy, and concern. I will spare no effort or commitment to turn this pandemic around. So uh, I guess to say the least, like I'm glad we have someone who actually appreciates and was going to value science and use that as an approach to controlling COVID. But we know that America is pretty divided on the people that are pro, I guess, like quarantine, social distancing, managing the virus and the amount of people that are like, this is infringement on our independent rights. We should be able to go out and do what we want. Let's let the economy thrive and grow. If you restrict us, you're just killing the economy. I think America is pretty evenly divided between those two regions, which is why we see cases continue to rise. But uh, especially when NBC News projected Biden would win the election last month, the U.S. reported its third straight record spike in daily COVID cases. So that was like early, early last week. Now, I think they've probably beaten that numerous times. Like every, every day I wake up, I read CNBC, I read something, I just see, you know, U.S. hits record uh, numbers. California passed like a million COVID cases uh, to be, you know, the second state similar to Texas that has done so. Um, but Biden's not going to be sworn into office until January 20th. And so at this point, you know, COVID cases are expected to skyrocket uh, throughout the winter. And as you know, things get worse um, by the time Biden gets in. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. But I have no doubt he'll probably do it better than Trump. Yeah, if everyone has survived until January 20th. But uh, yeah, congratulations, President Biden. Uh, speaking of the US election. Mm -hmm. So yeah, of course, we there's been numerous uh, countries that's been congratulating Biden. For example, Canada, Justin Trudeau came out and said congratulations to the 46th President of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, President Xi from China mm -hmm. also came out and said congratulations, Joe Biden. Uh, however, Trump still won't concede. He is still pushing numerous Supreme Court um, 
lawsuits onto this election. And he's actually been winning some of the legal battles across the states. So what I found this pretty funny. There was a report from Global News, which I'm pretty sure it's not dictated by Republicans nor, uh, what's it called? Republicans or Democrats. Okay. But there's been a report from Global News that Puerto Rico actually found found 126 briefcases of uncounted ballots one week after the election. Wait, what do you mean Puerto Rico found it? Like, it's like inside Puerto Rico, like in the country of Puerto Rico. It's like Canada finds okay. a briefcase of uncounted ballots. Okay. So, yeah, so... What does that have to do? There's that? been reports that says that there's been... Um, Trump is saying that the electoral, like the election's rigged. Some of the counting system, they count, when they count uh, Republican votes, they actually count it towards Democrats. And, but there has been no signs and no like studies that shows that he was correct. But it still questions that, how does Puerto Rico find the 126 <laughs> cases? That's pretty random. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty messed up. But yeah, so I heard Georgia is recounting officially. Yeah. So, They're officially recounting by hand. Yeah, by hand. That's going to take a super long time. Yeah. But I think, like, I think even Trump knows at this, at this point, like, no matter if he wins all of his lawsuits and they do a recount, like, the difference between Biden and Trump is not small enough for that to change anything. Well, you don't know that. You win well, 126 unless all the swing states ended up being, oh, it miscounted or it was fraud yeah, and so, to Trump. Yeah, so obviously I'm not but saying unlikely. that Trump is going to win, but I'm saying that Trump still won't concede. He still hasn't conceded the election. Mm-hmm. And... It's going to take him uh, quite a while to move out of the White House, it seems like. Yeah. Well, he also uh, fired his uh, like the chief of defense or something. Like yeah, that. I think so. Yeah. So I don't know. He, he's going to be there for you know a few more months. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But I really, like personally, I don't see any change coming from these lawsuits that he's firing or that he's uh, suing for. Because the difference is just... Do you know who's spearheading these lawsuits? Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, Oh, the Borat postdoc. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Yeah, the one that got uh, caught trying to have some uh, whatever, do whatever with mm-hmm. a fifteen-year-old uh, girl yeah. in the movie. But okay. Well, moving on. Yeah. Uh, right after that, uh, I think CP or whatever AP, I think it's called the thing that yeah mm-hmm. announced that Biden won the. Day after, stock markets shot up extremely high, right? Everyone's saying, oh, this is like, Biden won, this is going to be... Because we didn't know who's going to win. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know if Biden winning or Trump winning was going to do good to the economy. Because Trump's biggest, like, caption or, like, line of, like, don't vote for Biden because he's going to drive the economy to the ground, right? That was his biggest concern. But after Biden won, there was a huge shot up of uh, stock market. And Pfizer and Biotech also announced that there's a vaccine with 90% effectiveness the, day, the morning of, which everyone like started buying these. The stock market just zoomed up 20%. You see these like um, cruise line stocks, these Disney, Disney stocks are all going up and then Zoom stocks drop for 10%. Everyone's like shifting, uh, shifting out of uh, COVID stocks, quote unquote COVID stocks. So this was announced on November 9th. When I first heard about this, I was like, hmm, the effectiveness is actually kind of low, no? Effectiveness 90, I, is low? I know, this is, that's what I said at first. I was like, oh, 90%. That means that 
if 10 people get it, one person still won't be affected. Yeah. That's a lot of people. If there's 7 billion, because there's 7 billion, right? That means that, uh, let me do the math here. So that would be 70, 70 million. Am I, am I, I thinking? So, I don't know, man. So in the million people that still won't find this vaccine yeah. effective, right? And then I talked to my professor that night and he was like, oh, do you hear about this vaccine? It's good news. I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And then I was really surprised with the 90% effectiveness because regular flu vaccine has only effectiveness of 45% to 65% because flu vaccines, they don't know the vaccine. They don't know the flu strain before they produce a vaccine, right? They're just predicting from the previous uh, flu vaccine strains. And the only vaccine that has this type of effectiveness is a measles vaccine with an 85% effectiveness. And this is going to be higher than measles. Yeah. So it's this interesting. Definitely unprecedented. Yeah. This is a huge breakthrough in the history of like biotech, I guess. Yeah. Especially because um, this is like a first generation vaccine. Mm -hmm developed so quickly like nobody had any hope for an efficacy like even over 70 percent is what mm -hmm. i was reading and like the fact that they were able to do this in what a year like less than a year yeah uh it's pretty crazy um but i think going back to what you're talking about like we're going to touch on this a little bit more when we get to the finance section but yeah i think definitely like once you solidify the next presidential candidate like some stability is going to return back to the markets yeah. people know okay we can expect these you know tax implications or whatnot or the future of the economy once it's solidified, whether it was Biden or Trump. Um, but with this announcement, like I was talking to you about this earlier, right? Like I feel like people just see this stuff and they just start jumping to conclusions. And like we talked about like different stocks, uh, like retail stores and cruise lines and all this started mm -hmm. jumping up super high because they're like, oh, the end is near, you know, for COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but it's funny though, because like I remember reading that and like stocks had jumped like super high. And then the next day I read, CNBC again, and I see, you know, US hits record high for COVID cases, stocks tumble. And the next day I see, oh, stocks jump as, you know, confidence behind vaccines. And it's just like a cycle, it just loops mm -hmm. and loops and loops and nobody really knows what's gonna happen. But I can tell you for sure, uh, this vaccine that Pfizer and BioNTech uh, created is number one, not gonna be the last vaccine to be created for COVID. And number two is not uh, going to be suitable for mass distribution. Uh, so it's not the solution that we're looking for, but it's a, it's a significant breakthrough. So the reason why I say that is because if you read into what they're actually doing, uh, the way that their vaccine has to be administrated is it's a two-shot mm -hmm. vaccine. So I have to give it to you once, and then you got to come back to me two weeks later, and I can inject it again, yeah. number one. So that's a huge like organizational and planning shit show, pretty much, to have to do that, especially for like developing countries, right? Number two, even worse, is that these vaccines need to be kept at like negative 80 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. And so that's every single step along the supply chain. You need to keep these vaccines at this extremely low temperatures. That's super expensive. Uh, huge hit and huge squeeze on the inventory of the vaccine. So it's not something that can be globally distributed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not ideal. So there's other ones that we're working on. Ideally, you want a single dose like a single jab and you can store it at room temperature or not negative 80, maybe like negative 10 or something like that. Um, and another huge, huge question that still remains uh, along with the other two that I mentioned, 
during the test is that we need to know whether or not it's going to prevent infectiousness or not because it's possible that the vaccine can prevent someone from getting symptoms of COVID and kind of relieving them of those symptoms but we're still yet to see whether or not if you're asymptomatic if you can spread it to me or not mm -hmm. which is a huge problem because ideally we want the vaccine to prevent infectiousness as well as reduce symptoms so you don't have hospitals packing up uh, and whatnot um i was doing some readings as well they are still waiting to meet a few uh, safety data points a few regulatory approvals and we could see this being distributed as early as q1 2021 um, right now they're looking to get fda emergency approval to fast track it and if it's awarded pfizer has said that they can produce 50 million doses by the end of 2020 and 1.3 billion doses in 2021 so that's still not enough. We've got 7 billion people in the world. And this is like, you need two doses per person. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically 1.3 billion just gets cut in half, right? Yeah. And I, I really doubt this is going anywhere but US and Canada. Yeah, nah, not even Canada. Maybe just the US. Yeah. yeah. But actually, did you know Canada has actually pre-ordered the most vaccines per citizen? They ordered 10 vaccines per Canadian citizen. And that's number one across every single country in the world. So good job. Uh, Justin just Trudeau. Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Okay, do we want to get into mRNA vaccines? Let's uh, just talk about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure, you can explain what this vaccine is. Okay, so traditional vaccines, uh, they invoke an immune response by injecting some sort of partially dead or dead or just a portion of the viral particle into your body. Yeah, so you can start generating antibodies to target it. Mm -hmm. An mRNA vaccine is you're not injecting any sort of live virus, nothing of the virus is being injected into you. They're just injecting mRNA, which is like, I don't even know how to, like, it's like the transcript, which is going to be used to code for specific proteins. So like DNA goes into mRNA, mRNA. and yeah. mRNA goes into protein, yeah. and protein is what makes, our, what it makes our building block, exactly. our body's building block. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're just injecting mRNA that codes for the specific antibodies that can recognize a spike protein on the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So they inject it into you. Uh, now this mRNA transcript gets encoded and then your cells in your body and your immune system can start creating these antibodies. Um, so there's downsides to this. Uh, I mean, there's downsides to traditional vaccines, which is why people started to shift to mRNA vaccines. If you think about it, when you're working with traditional vaccines, you're working with live viruses. So you have to grow them, culture them. Uh, you know, there's a chance for side effects, mutations when you work with them. Um, but with an mRNA vaccine, What's really good about that is that if there's mutations with COVID, let's say in the future, you can just change the platform of mRNA so that it can create a different set of antibodies that can recognize the newly mutated COVID strain. So it's good for protecting against mutations as well, which is interesting. But yeah, anything else about vaccines? No, that's it. Okay. Oh, I guess we can talk about the coronavirus. Sure. So speaking of the vaccine, mm -hmm. the vaccine is made for coronavirus. And we all thought that what well, Trump promised that coronavirus would be gone after he gets elected, which is wrong. Uh, so second wave of coronavirus has been hitting all the major cities in Canada and uh, U.S. Uh, many Canadian cities are under lockdown again. I think I, I forgot if we talked about this last week or if this released this week that we just didn't add it onto the dock. But uh, the, France was under lockdown. I think one of the European countries is under lockdown again. Mm, okay. I think it was France. 
Anyways, it was European country was under lockdown. Right. Uh, we live in BC. We again, we also go to Ontario universities. All these two major you know, uh, major cities in Canada are getting hit the most harshly by the second wave. Uh, BC is seeing the most infected per day. We're getting up to 1.1k now each day. And same with Ontario. Ontario is also getting hit by 1.1k. All these cities has retract. We were all both cities were in stage three. Now mm -hmm. we're back to modified stage two. So please be careful, guys. Stock market is also crashing again. <laughs> yeah. But the stock market is just fluctuating every single day. Yeah. Right? Okay, let's get into business finance now. Yeah. All right. So what I've been reading a lot, again, take this with a grain of salt. This is my personal opinion. And I just have a passion, as you guys know, for clean energy. But with new Biden presidency, a lot of reports that I've been reading, a lot of research I've been looking into is that clean energy stocks are expected to rise. If you take a look at Biden's plan, you know, in July, he announced a $2 trillion spending plan focused on building green, clean infrastructure to reach a clean energy future. He even said it during the debate, right? He did. He said, yeah. I love green energy. And then yeah. Trump came on and said, no. Nah. You're going you're gonna to stop fracking and destroy the oil industry <laughs> in Texas, yeah. And, and, and he said that wind gives him cancer. Yes, he said <laughs> wind gives him cancer. I know. Yeah, that's messed up. But, uh, you know, politicians promise a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think Joe Biden's serious about this. This is a, I think was a serious part in his platform, what he's pushing for, but took some luck into some stocks. So Invesco Solar ETF, uh, the symbol is TAN, uh, is an ETF of a bunch of different solar tech companies in the US and Canada. It is up over 131% year to date and hitting highs not seen since 2011. Meanwhile, if you look at the energy select sector, SPDR fund, uh, which has over 45% of its portfolio in the stocks of, you know, traditional oil and gas companies, you look at your Chevron, ExxonMobil, stuff like that, has fallen more than 50% in 2020. I think US is, you know, they're probably going to rejoin the Paris climate agreement. Mm -hmm. They're going to rejoin the WHO. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're going to be the forefront of pushing for, you know, sustainable renewable energy sources to power a clean green energy future well additionally if you i don't like this is a bit correlated or even is because of this but mm -hmm. there has been three major ev companies out of china that's getting the most news right now neo again mm -hmm. right went up by 20 percent again this week xping we talked about it multiple times numerous times on our show and this new ipo con uh on in on the new york stock exchange Lee Motor, uh, Lee, Lee Auto, right? These three companies has gained over 50% in the last week, right? I also invested in some of this because I heard Biden is really into clean energy and EV is going to be the next big thing for clean energy, I guess. But on Friday, Citron, I don't know if it's a reinvestment group or I don't know. Citron? It's called Citron Research. Okay. Okay. What about them? He oh, so it's Andrew Left. It's an author. That's is an investment newsletter called Citron Research. He came out on Friday, and you can see you can see it right there. He posted that Neo to twenty five story, it's basically saying that Neo is a overvalued overvalued company. He doesn't trust uh, this Chinese company, and he's 
he believes that this company is going to go to 25. Let me tell you guys, Neo is sitting at $50. It breaks, it broke 50 uh, Thursday night mm -hmm. before uh, market closing. After this research story, Neo has dropped 20% and is now sitting at 40 something dollars, right? Everyone's been shitting on Andrew, but also there's believers in Andrew too, right? Like we talked about in the first episode, these quote-unquote investment like newsletters, these like th people that are supposed to help you with investments, mm -hmm. they don't know what they're talking about. Well, this guy's Some, also a short seller. Yeah. So he predicts the downfall of companies. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But you know, there's obviously going to be people that's, that believe, that trust them and that doesn't trust them, right? Mm -hmm. And the people who did trust them obviously made the market crash or Neo crash. Okay, well, Neo, we don't know if, if that's Or that you saw, you see a lot of people. Uh, it's how big selling. of a following does he have though? Well, this is, this is, you can search it up, right? Like this is, this is all over everything. This is over Yahoo, uh, finance, this is everywhere. But there's also people that are criticizing him that's saying, yeah, you can see it. Yeah, they're dropping. Yeah, they skyrocketed from $33 in a week November 2nd to 50 to 50, almost 50 yeah. in a week or a week and a bit. Yeah. That's crazy. Same with, same with X-Ping. X-Ping is uh, basically the same evaluation as Neo now. But I just think, um, I'm trying to see something I found. Okay, so this was interesting though. Like you take a look at the startup environment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of software companies coming up, but... If you take a look at, let's say, let's just call it like the clean tech space and then EV falls within that. Uh, and then you have things like battery storage technologies. You have things like, you know, solar panels, wind farms, stuff like that. That's all hardware startups. So I'm just thinking right now. So it's quoted that 97% of hardware startups fail to exit in any meaningful way. So there's a 3% success rate if you're a hardware startup to reach the level of Tesla. And Tesla is like one in a trillion scale. Okay. So I'm just interested to see like how the private markets are going to change with this renowned focus on clean energy or even like with, with EV and stuff, like as costs of, you know, lithium ion batteries go down, government subsidiaries for different sort of technologies improve. Like how is that going to work from a private investor standpoint? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's something we talk about next episode, but I was just thinking about that. The yeah. hardware startups. Sure. Uh, okay. next. Yeah. Apple came out with their, Third and last event for this year, finally renounced their uh, new computer chip, the M1, and came out with three new laptops, the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro 13 inch, and the Mac, uh, the Mac Mini. And all of them are said to be efficient and more reliant and more powerful, which is really interesting because I thought they were gonna take one of the two, right? They were, I thought they were either gonna make it more efficient which means that they're gonna make it run on more power. So this, my MacBook right now, quote unquote, has a 11, 11 hour battery standing by, mm -hmm. if I just leave it on. But if they have their own chip, obviously Intel is like a big issue with MacBooks back then and overheating and also non-compatibility. So with their own ARM chip, I was expecting to you know increase the performance, not performance, the efficiency, making maybe having the MacBook go to 24 hours or maybe 30 hours of standby battery. Or I thought they were going to go with the stance of performance, making mm -hmm. it faster, right? 
when with rendering speed with ram all integrated into the same chip mm -hmm. they're gonna have so instead of having a cpu asking for power and it's uh ram asking for power the m1 chip has combined the cpu and the ram together so it's a six core cpu and a four core ram okay. and they're gonna be basically asking for power together which is gonna make it more better performance so i thought those were the two ways that they were gonna take it on mm -hmm. But after showcasing this M1 chip, well, obviously we don't know yet. There's no actual like testing benchmark, right? Um, consumers, but they showed this graph and basically they're saying they improved performance and efficiency, which is huge news, right? All I remember from the event is that guy going like, <laughs> and it's just like opening a great to the page. Yeah, anyways, um, so Apple is notorious for having <laughs> having their stocks drop after an event. Every time there's an event, their stock market drops heavily after the event. Right. I don't know why, but it's they're notorious for it. But this time, Apple Apple stocks finally went up after this event. Not by a lot, maybe by like a one percent or two percent, but it's good news, right? Yeah. I think it's gonna be sick because it's also a big part now that. As soon as all their, because all of their uh, devices, like the, the phones, the iPads, they are, already use the Apple yeah. processors, right? And it's just like compatibility with the different apps is going to mm -hmm. be huge. And I think so that, right now, basically, you can run iPhone apps and iPad apps on your new MacBook. That's what they're saying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's good news. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see what they can do with the, so they only announced three. And which these three are basically the standard or like mm -hmm. the baseline models, right? Mm -hmm. The MacBook Pro 16 inch and the the iMac and the Mac the Mac Pro is what their like quote unquote performance series are meant to be. And yeah. they haven't they haven't released this chip onto them. What I'm expecting for them to do next is to create an M1 chip, maybe called M1S, you know, for. <laughs> Whoa, look at this guy. <laughs> With better performance. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's it's interesting though, because like you see like Apple starting to bring like more things in-house mm -hmm. versus like traditionally you try to go for, I don't know, global distribution and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but the design of the laptops didn't change at all. Yeah. So Well, I think the MacBook design has been a staple, right? Yeah. I see that you have the shitty uh, keyboard. What do you mean? I that keyboard know. is meant to be really bad. That's why they switched it back now. That's yeah. called the butterfly keyboard. And that was a limited edition release. That's why. But anyways. Uh, okay, let's see. Financial markets, yes. Soaring on early this week. We touched on this in the politics section. Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah, number one, you know, you remove the uncertainty because you know Joe Biden's going to be the next president. You have the announcement from Pfizer, BioNTech with their vaccine. So in response, just to quote some uh, increases. So obviously Pfizer and BioNTech both jumped nearly 10%. You have shares of movie theater chains like AMC skyrocketed 60%. Concert promoter Live Nation was up more than 20%. Retailers surged. The SVDR S&P retail ETF, uh, codename is XRT which holds companies like Gap, Best Buy, Target, Costco, and other big chains was up 2%. Um, on the other hand, we talked about companies like Zoom. They plunged nearly 15%. 
So did shares of interactive exercise equipment company, Peloton. That's mm. been a huge craze during COVID. They dropped. Clorox, which we talked about last episode, uh, fell 8%. Um, well, their big backer isn't president anymore too, right? Yeah. There's no president telling them to go drink uh, or eat Clorox yeah. wipes anymore. But yeah, that's a quick summary of the, the markets. Um, in acquisition news, for the hype piece out there who like wearing Supreme, uh, Supreme was actually acquired by VF Corp for $2.1 billion early on this week. Uh, for those of you that don't know VF Corp, you probably have heard of their subsidiaries that are a lot more popular. This is includes um, Vans, North Face, Timberlands, Jansports, a lot more. Um, but you know, Supreme has a very unique brand and a very unique way of operating. So we'll see how VF Core can take this, maintain, you know, the fans of Supreme brand, maintain the quality of the brand and see how they push this and integrate it with their other subsidiaries. But $2.1 billion. So congrats uh, Supreme team, I guess, for that acquisition. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, what else do we got here? Okay. So a couple of episodes back, we talked about Amazon Prime Day. Yep. I don't remember what the number was in terms of how much they actually sold during Prime Day. I don't think they released it, right? Unless they? they, unless there is a quarterly report. Okay. How 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 would you tell? That's true. Yeah, but historically speaking, like Amazon Prime Days have always made shocking number of sales. Uh, but Alibaba, which is you can think about that company. I'm sure everyone here has heard of Alibaba. Because the Amazon sales on Prime Day is estimated to be 10.4 billion globally over the two-day period. Okay, so over two days, they sell 10.4 billion dollars. Yeah. Alibaba holds, uh, they did a singles day sale. So I think singles day sale was like November. 1111, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. November 11th. Uh, usually it's a single day. This Which time, is also known as the Canadian Remembrance Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so usually they do it on a single day. Uh, this year they decided to expand it from November 1st to November 12th because of the COVID pandemic. They wanted to, I guess, I don't know, uh, increase purchase awareness, whatever it might be. But their sales hit a hundred plus billion dollars <laughs> after running over the course of 11 days. Well, if you think about it, Amazon probably made, Amazon would have made more, no? Two days Maybe, or 10 yeah. billion? Maybe, yeah. And is this, is this hundred plus billion in RMB or is this in I think USD? it's like USD. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of money. Being so made. they basically made, uh, I guess, so they basically, I guess Alibaba made more. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you see, you know, crazy news like this, but shares in these tech firms, uh, especially in China, are still falling because Chinese regulators, you know, coming in, we talked about the delay of Ant Financial um, and how they kind of, you know, put their hand in the market to control competitiveness. Do you want to talk a little yeah, about speak of Ant Financial, yeah, yeah. This, I don't know how reliable this is, but this was on the news, right? Um, but again, this is China, so no one knows where, where they, this news source got its info. So this reports that Chinese President Xi, President Xi personally halted the 37 billion Ant Financial IPO himself. Interesting. I mean, I don't doubt that Jack Ma has gotten himself into some political troubles. I, f I feel like they're not just stopping it because of anti-competitive regulations, though. That's what I'm telling you. That's why Ant Financial should just IPO in the U.S. Or even okay, on well, that. you want to go give Jack Ma a call then? Yeah. Send him an email. <laughs> but yeah, he's definitely, yeah, political effects are always there. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to FedEx. Sure. So FedEx is 
a promising front runner for the delivery of all the COVID-19 vaccines, right? Um, because of their fast and reliable services and because as you, you said earlier, that FedEx, uh, these vaccines needs to be held at negative 80 degrees constantly. Mm-hmm. So there should be a surge in FedEx stocks coming up. Well, obviously there shouldn't be like a huge surge, like a 10 to 20% surge right now, because mm-hmm. first they're not guaranteed. They didn't sign a contract with anyone yet. They're just quote unquote, the front runners of this contract. And also this vaccine has not yet been released. So we don't know when this is going to actually start being distributed. But yeah, if you guys want to keep up with uh, the stock market, keep an eye out for FedEx. Um, moving on again with the vaccine. Yeah. So this week is a lot of, a lot of about vaccines. vaccine news. Yeah. yeah. Vaccine news. Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla sold 62% of his shares on the same day of the vaccine announcement. So everyone started having these skepticism, like, oh, maybe this guy just announced that this vaccine has 90% effectiveness just to drive up the stock. Legally, he's not allowed to. I know, I know. And then he came out with a statement about why he sold 62% of his shares. And his statement, basically, I I won't quote him, but like TLDR, he's saying that he actually set a price, price range or a price limit for his stocks and it automatically sold. So basically, <laughs> 67% of it automatically sold on a, on a price yeah. target. Yeah. I mean, if I was him, I would also sell. Cause I don't think Pfizer is <laughs> going to keep going up. Like an initial shock, you see like 90% mm-hmm. effectiveness, obviously mm-hmm. their stocks are going to skyrocket. And then people are still going to, and then people are going to start realizing, oh, it's a, it's a two, two time vaccine. Yeah. Oh, you and, store negative 80. Yeah. You start storing negative 80. Oh, you, it can only probably be distributed in the U S. Yeah. Yeah. So 62% same day. Um, he's cool. basically, how much money did he make off that? I have no idea. Okay. That's definitely a substantial amount of money yeah. for him. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Last little bit. So we were in a bit of a, I guess, uh, conflicting opinions here. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Disney fan mm-hmm. and I have invested my personal money into Disney. Okay. Okay. I think they, I, I believe they, they just released, um, was it their earnings or were they released something? Yeah, they that, released their Q, Q4 earnings. For Q4 this, earnings. Yes. On Friday, Friday, the pre-market. And, uh, it showed that I think they only lost like 20 cents compared to the estimated 70 cents. Yeah. So they beat it. They actually beat it their estimate by around 70% this time. I think that's yeah. what I saw. Yeah. So in my humble opinion, I feel like. Disney is doing a great job kind of weathering the storm during mm-hmm. COVID. And at the same time, it's setting themselves up for a huge return to profitability once the vaccine gets released and kind of people kind of can go back to normal activities again. Here's why. So if you take a look at all the streaming sites, obviously Netflix is the industry beater. Disney is a close second, not close, but they're second right now. Okay. They also own Hulu. And if you've never seen those ads with Hulu has real sports. Yeah. Damien Lillard, Hulu has live sports. Same with uh, Giannis. Yes. Um, Disney plus they, I think registered like 70 plus million subscribers. Um, but personally, I think, you know, Disney has this massive, massive global brand attached to their portfolio of entertainment sources that vastly differentiates them from Netflix. Obviously Netflix now, or has already been coming out with Netflix specials that are only released on Netflix. 
but Disney has been something, uh, you know, critical to family households since whenever it started with all of those Disney movies, right? They have a unique brand identity within the streaming service. Um, I feel like once COVID is free, because of how much they're doing with their recurring subscription payments with Disney Plus, you're gonna start seeing a huge surge from your merchandise sales, from your park visits. I mean, I feel, I, I'm pretty sure like park visits were stable. Okay, let me, let me chime in here then, okay? Hey, so obviously this is where we conflict. So Johnny is a huge Disney stocks guy and I hate Disney stocks. And this is why I tell him not to get Disney stocks or pull out of Disney stocks. Um, so yes, Disney stocks, their main profit is from you know, uh, parks and also Disney Plus, their streaming service. And you also uh, added that Netflix is the main competition when Disney is second. However, there's also been a, a surging third place coming out, Prime Videos, right? That's going to eat into Disney, Sox, uh, Disney Plus's market share. Additionally, nearly 50% of Disney Plus character uh, customers are in India and Indonesia, and they pay far less than US users, right? So these like Disney Plus customer retention rates are pretty skewed. If, just because you say, oh yeah, Netflix only has 100 customers paying at this rate, and you have Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus has 200 customers, but they only pay like a small amount than US customers, their profit margin is still going to be less than Netflix, right? That's, that's, that's my take on Disney. Secondly, the vaccine is obviously the vaccine is almost here, but we don't know how long it would take for everyone to get it and how, how this distribution will go. Um, Ticketmaster has came out actually, and also something else also came out and said they're planning to have a vaccine check in 2021 and if you don't have a vaccine you can't actually attend any other concerts or events that take a master's uh, holds. interesting yeah it's pretty big ethical uh discussion going on mm -hmm. but yeah so disney parks still being shut down where they're still being like running on like 50 percent operational speed and there's been tons of layoffs and disney actually came out publicly and said Hey, I think we're gonna fo uh, switch focus on streaming devices now or streaming services now instead of parks. There's a huge swing of their what they're trying to do. That's basically like saying like Tesla like came out t today and Elon Musk was like, hey, instead of trying to you know make EVs, we're gonna start building TVs. Mm, I disagree with that because this it's not like this Disney streaming plus service is like, this is a complimentary service to their theme parks. Like everything that puts on Disney plus is going to stream into their theme park and attraction sites. Right. So you already saw a huge, so Disney plus you, everyone's saying Disney plus is going to be like the savior of streaming service or the savior of Disney stocks, but it's not right. You see, I don't think it's single-handedly going to be the same. But you seen, you also seen that Mulan this year, right? Got yeah. released. Didn't hit the, didn't hit Cineplex, didn't hit movie theaters. It was supposed to be like a pretty big film, right? Because it was like the first Chinese character mm -hmm. that Disney ever like produced, but it got like slashed onto Disney Plus services for thirty four ninety nine or thirty like fifty some like ridiculous amount for streaming. Not even for like buying this movie for streaming it for two hours. 
And then after two hours, you wash it once and you don't have it anymore. And they sold it for like $34.99 Canadian or USD. It was ridiculous. Now like I saw a huge hit in uh, Mulan ticket sales, based obviously. That's why they're holding off the Black Widow um, release date until they're probably probably going to be like a movie theater reopen up plan. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm Disney is my I got I'm holding it. I'm in for the long long run for Disney. How much money do you have see. Disney? Like three grand. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay. All right, let's move on to debate topics then. Okay. Uh, well, this week I'll start. Um, sure. I thought we were gonna start off with a pretty like, like a. I feel like our podcast has been like pretty serious these days, you know? Yeah, talk but, about some serious stuff. Yeah, like we always talk about, oh, is it ethical to report suicide on uh, university news? Um, but, you know, these are some depressing times. These are some hard and trying times. But obviously, we want you guys to have fun to listen to us debate and have fun listening to this. So we thought to bring you guys some uh, interesting debate topics. So we have one this week, the big topic for all the basketball fans out there. Obviously, me and Johnny are huge basketball fans and we watch NBA basically every day. And there's going to be like a, I guess, it, some. I, I won't spoil it, but it's going to be like a pretty relatable debate topic about the new gaming uh, uh, consoles, about PS4, or PS5, and Xbox X. And then we're going to talk about seeing Elon Musk. Something like that. All right, starting off. What? <laughs> Anyways. What are you talking about, bro? Okay, just start with the first one. Okay, first one. So obviously, news came out that Russell Westbrook does not want to stay in Houston, right? Russell Westbrook has been got traded to Houston last year, right? Or two mm -hmm. years ago for Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook came out. So they Houston first fired their GM, and their GM went to Philly. And Philly and the GM came out and said, "Oh, I want to acquire James Harden," but obviously that's kind of cap. Houston's not gonna give up James Harden. Um, but Russell Westbrook also came out and said, "I don't want to be in Houston anymore." So I thought it would be fun to talk about where do you think is the best fit for Russell Westbrook. And here's my take. All right, I'll start with my take while you think about it, because obviously this is my debate topic. I wrote it on on this doc. I already had some thoughts onto this. Sure. I think Russell Westbrook should go to the 76ers for drumroll Joel Embiid. So you it's have the worst trade in history. So you have Joel. Obviously, you're gonna Houston's gonna give something someone else. That's the worst plus, trade okay? in history. They're probably gonna get Westbrook and Doc not Doc River, Austin River probably for Joel Embiid. Maybe even Capella. Oh, actually, is Capella still in Houston? I think no, they traded. They got rid of Capella when they brought in Russell. Okay, some big man. Uh, maybe PJ. Sure, PJ Westbrook and Austin River for Joel and B. Think about this. All right, I think it's beneficial for both both teams. You have James Harden and Joel and B. James Harden has been known to be playing with shitty, shitty big men, right? Like Capella, can't shoot, can only run the pick and roll, can only stand underneath the basket and dunk and catch out oops. Whereas Joel Embiid, two-way two -way big man, right? Can't post up, can't shoot a three, loves to do his little dumbass pump fake and get all the big men jumping in the, in the league. It's going to open up the floor a lot for James Harden. 
right? James Harden right now, when he drives, the big man comes and th that's a double team. And then he throws out for the lob. But now draw and B can, you know, cut out to the corners, shoot the three, pump fake for the three, or he can even just run high pick and roll with James Harden. That's a perfect one. Additionally, onto Philly's side, when you trade away, when you get an actual traditional point guard like Russell Westbrook, you can actually... Ah! What do you mean? Oh! You just said Russell Westbrook's a traditional point guard. Well, like a point guard. Like an actual Russell point guard, unlike, James, unlike, unlike Ben Simmons, right? <clears throat> you can actually put Ben Simmons into power forward as what they were trying to do when they were trying to brought in, uh, bring in Malcolm Fultz. They were... So their whole point was to get Joel Embiid, so they got Joel first, then they got Ben Simmons, and then they got Markel. And their whole plan with Markel was to have Markel play the point guard and move Ben Simmons to power forward. But then obviously Markel, <laughs> Markel had his stupid motorcycle accident and he hurt some like tendon and some ligament in his shoulder and he couldn't play. So 76ers traded him. Ben Simmons still can't shoot, still can only drive and dunk. It's still stuck at point guard. But now if you move Ben if you move Russell Westbrook there and you move Ben Simmons to the power forward position, Ben Simmons can basically play like Kevin Durant, but he can't shoot. Right? He can still bring up the ball and or he can just like post up. What's your take? I think that's the stupidest trade in history For who? NBA. Obviously, the Rockets would benefit from having someone like Joel Embiid, but no one in their right mind would take. Philadelphia would not take Russell Westbrook. Okay, so where do you think Russell Westbrook belongs? Here's here's what I think about Russell Westbrook. I am not a big fan of him. I don't see him as a point guard. I see him as a stats builder. That's what he does. He just has the stats every game. Russell Westbrook's career is just going to be about breaking the stats record, but he'll never win any sort of championship because he just sucks on like a team. He can't really shoot. That's why he wasn't really that good of a fit for the Rockets, because they needed more shooters surrounding James Harden. I think the best place for Russell Westbrook to go is just to go to the Knicks. They got a trash team. Russell Westbrook can just dominate that and average his triple-double all he wants, and then just stay a loser for his whole career. Because he's not gonna he's not a team player that's gonna go somewhere and just boost the morale of the team. Like he's out there, he's gonna pad his stats, he's gonna get a triple-double, he's gonna dunk on people, and that's it. So you probably go to some trash team like the Knicks or something probably the best fit for him but like i could see like i i just don't see russell westbrook as like a player like that's that nice like, i don't see him as a point guard like sure he gets assists but he's padding the stats that's my take on it okay well off season is coming up where well, off season is already here like i would do one for one trade jeremy lynn for russell westbrook shut hands the down. fuck up hands down but anyways yeah okay on to next this is pretty funny i guess um, basically, quote unquote, should there be resellers in the world? And this is basically the context towards why I asked this question. I, why I want to bring this question to you guys' attention. So the PS5 and the Xbox X series has dropped this week. And Walmart actually fucked up and they made it an online only event. Obviously because of COVID reasons, normally people go to go into Walmart and then like line up. Like, you know how like back then Apple events, you'd see actually people tent up mm -hmm. and wait for the new iPhone to come out. And they basically stayed there for like 24 hours to try to get the first iPhone. That's, or in case like the iPhone doesn't sell out or it mm -hmm. sells out, right? So Walmart did a online only event this year 
which is smart because of COVID. Obviously, they don't want people to line up and you know get an Xbox X and the side and the side of COVID. Um, but they forgot to do a capture service. So basically, capture service are like to prevent all these bots from mm-hmm. buying. So someone actually bought thirty two Xbox X or PS Five. I forgot which one, and I either don't quote me on the number. Like a large, stupid amount of Xboxes, basically bought them out. At the initial launch, and is selling them for thirty-two thousand dollars on eBay and uh, Craigslist. And this is not the only thing, right? The resellers has been known, like flippers, like shoe flippers, has been known to be like a huge industry in the in our world, right? Um, another thing I that comes to mind when I think about this is the Kobe Pronto shoes. So Kobe died this year, and Foot Locker or Nike. Want to quote unquote remember him by dropping limited edition shoes. Um, I think they're called the Pron. I don't know what the line pro the Pro Troll. Yeah. yeah, the Pro Troll shoes, and they're pretty sick. Have you seen the colorways? Yeah. They're pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously, Full Locker instant sold out. I tried to cop a pair instant sold out, and now they're being resold for like a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at this point, if you're trying to actually remember Kobe, if you're actually trying to like you know show respect, pay respect to him, why would you drop a limited edition? This is not a this is not an event for Kobe to remember Kobe. This is just an event for these resellers, for these flippers to get more money. And this thing is also happening to like again we 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 talked about Supreme this year uh, this this week's sort of debate topic, or uh, we're in business finance where they got bought out by BF. But Supreme has been known for one of the largest like exclusive drops mm-hmm. in the world in like in like hype beast brand, right? Like box logos. I don't know if you know. Like basically, it's like a red box with Supreme logos on it. That hoodie, so a black box logo hoodie with black box with white lettering and on a black hoodie can go up to a thousand to three thousand two thousand dollars after resale level. Yeah. So do you think there should be, you know, resellers in the world? Do you think this should be a profession? Or do you think this should be a hustle, side hustle idea for people? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Or do I need to no, keep I on elaborating? Really, I, I, I don't know what you mean by like, should it be a profession or should it be a side hustle? Or uh, do you think there's like, should we allow this type of behavior? Yeah. I don't think there's any, anything wrong with resellers because mm-hmm. it, because like it's a free market. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they if they bought it at let's say like three hundred dollars and someone else is willing to pay a thousand dollars for it, there's nothing wrong with that. The free market determines. But do you the price. think they should be allowed to do that though? Like to buy maybe you know like another thing I can think about uh, to a huge reseller can do is like NBA Finals ticket, right? Mm-hmm. They that sell out that sells out really quick. And also concert tickets like BTS. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think um, someone, one of my friends, wanted to go to a BTS concert this year, but don't lie, it was you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was you. <laughs> but they were selling it for like two thousand right. dollars for like garbage seats. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If anything, I think that's smart for people to, you know, if they're gonna put in the effort to get those tickets or get the shoes or get whatever early. I think it's one thing to be smart, but it's also one thing to be unethical. 
So you think it's unethical? Yes. Okay, I will agree about the Kobe Crotro ones though, but that's not the foot. That's not the reseller's fault. That's Foot Locker's fault. They should have just released it because the Protros were literally sitting on shelves. No one was buying them before Kobe died because like they're not the best basketball performing shoes. Mm-hmm. Once Kobe died, they took down all the Kobe merchandise and then say, okay, we're gonna release something for the Kobe fans out there. Then they did a limited ed- uh, limited edition release. Mm-hmm. That's not the reseller's fault for buying them and then flipping them. That's Foot Locker's fault for only producing a limited edition. But amount. if you're gonna just, if you're gonna buy these Kobe shoes yeah. with the mere intention of flipping them, why would, why would you even buy them? Why should you buy them? What or you why would to you even money. allow to make, buy them? To make money. It doesn't matter what your reason is for buying them. If you give Foot Locker $300 and you buy those shoes, you can do whatever you want with those shoes. Why does it matter what... It doesn't matter what philosophy. So you think it's ethical, or you think yes. it's okay for people to build 100%. bots to build bots one hundred percent to get thirty to buy out all the PS fives to buy out all the Xbox uh, X series and just resell them. But like people actually want them, right? Like I, I've been like I've been in those shoes. I really want something. Like I really wanted the Pro Show ones shoes. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not stupid enough to pay a thousand dollars for it. Even how doesn't matter how big of a Kobe fan Kobe fan I am, right? Yeah. But people actually, some people actually do do that. Like when I had my two iPhones, I accidentally <laughs> bought two iPhones. Like you put it on the marketplace. People are people are willing, yeah, yeah, are willing to pay up to like $500 to just get a early release of the phone. Exactly. And they have like, but do I feel ethical about reselling them? Why not? There's nothing. If someone else is willing to pay that price for you, Okay, so then why did you, if you don't feel, if you don't have to, why did you sell at a higher price then? Why did you just sell at the same price? Because the, he, he offered, I just said, okay. Okay, but if it's unethical to you personally, he would have been like, no, I can give it to you for the retail price. See, it doesn't matter. You're making money. It doesn't matter. It's not unethical. There are obviously uh, programs built into place for these like people that are, are for companies that are selling online because like, it's one thing to say, like, let's say like Foot Locker releases like a shoe. Somebody has a bot and the bot just literally buys them out of stock. And mm-hmm. it's like one person now owns like 2 million pairs of these shoes. Mm-hmm. And then they dictate the price and say, okay, I own the entire stock of this shoe. I'm going to sell this. Way. That's illegal. Or the companies are making it illegal. Like you, they have security things. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I actually have a better idea for you. <laughs> okay, fine. Not a better idea, but like a better example for you. Sure. Remember back at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like running out of toilet paper there was a huge toilet paper war mm-hmm. and there's also people reselling ppes mm-hmm. and the government actually made it illegal for people to resell ppes like people will actually just go into every single store and buy all these masks and then resell them for like three times four times the money and so you think that's okay i don't think that's okay no the, that's the same as reselling uh, the concept of reselling is there, yeah, but no, it's reselling for, and reselling, right? You can't just be like, oh, this type of reselling is okay, that type of reselling no, is this not is okay. That, this, you're taking a very unique, once in a lifetime, never happened before situation and applying it to like retail reselling. This is like a, a global pandemic that the government's trying to handle. Well, no, this is not the first time. I, there's been like, you know, vegetable short, uh, shortages, there's been pork shortages, people have been buying pork and reselling pork online back then <laughs> back when people thought 2000 y2k yeah in the world yeah well that's a pandemic we're not a pandemic yeah, that's, that's, a conspiracy a, that's, a, theory. that's an issue that's a conspiracy theory first of all but um yeah okay i don't think you should be able to 
like something like face masks that are like, that are like essential to people that because there's a reason why the government made that illegal because face masks are necessary for their government plans in terms of preventing the spread of COVID. Like they so unless it's essential, there. unless it's an essential need, if it's a luxury good, it's not illegal. No, if it's a pro, if it's a regular like product or service that doesn't have to do with a global pandemic that the government's trying to control, then yeah, you can do it. So can. unless it's a pandemic, reselling should be okay. Yeah, I agree. That's I'll say that. Well, why why does pandemic has have? Because the government's trying to make sure that everyone can get face mask supplies so they can control the spread of COVID within the community. That's why they're gonna mandate saying it's illegal. If there wasn't COVID and people started buying face masks and wanted to resell it then no one would be buying them because there's no need for it. But it's because of this global pandemic that people are, that the government's saying this because they're trying to control it. If you try to, if you buy like 500 new Macs of Apple and then you try to resell it to someone, like if someone's willing to pay the money, then sure. But it's totally different. But can the same concept go apply to masks and hand sanitizers? If people were willing to pay $500 for hand sanitizers, why, why, shouldn't, why shouldn't I sell them $500? Well, it's not about like, because the government's trying to control that everyone gets at least like some hand sanitizer, some face mask. Because it's yeah, so I'm saying good. there, so there are hand sanitizers and face masks to go around, and people are willing to pay five hundred dollars for no, a small. No, they're not. No, no one was willing to pay for that much. Like when Canadian Tire marked up one face mask for like thirty bucks, everyone's like, "What the hell?" And they're blasting Canadian Tire. They're like, "You guys are stupid." I think that's like at the very beginning. Well, yeah. obviously, well, so was the very beginning of like people cashing out on toilet paper and. Face mask like that died out after like a couple weeks. I actually think uh, I actually know that there's a toilet paper outage. Where coming out soon? We're not coming out. Soon. Not, right not coming out soon. Sorry, I, I, let me rephrase. There's actually been actually like if you go into superstores now, there's starting to have toilet paper outages again. Again, that's what I meant. Okay, well that's different. That's like hoarding though. People are hoarding like the the type of like material. But like, so you think resellers are unethical? Yeah. But you literally resold your phone. So you I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying, so you're unethical. no, I'm saying if you're doing, if you're doing this as a profession, there shouldn't be, this should, should not be it. a profession, but I'm not, I didn't do it as a profession, but you did it. I did it because I accidentally bought two iPhones. Okay. But you could have sold it at the price you paid for it, but I could have, Yeah. but people were willing to do it. So that still makes you unethical because you sold it at a higher price. No. So, so you <laughs> think it's okay then? I think it's fine. Oh I think it's, I, if I was you, I would have marked it up even higher and sold it to them. Oh my God. But you're out here saying it's unethical and you're the one that literally resold your phone. I haven't resold anything. So I just find it funny. No, Why I you resell it? I resold my phone because I like, it took me time and money. Exactly. To go out and do it. it. Exactly. So it takes the people that are willing to camp outside of Foot Locker and engineer these bots and wait 24 hours in line in the dark in the cold to buy an extra pair or 10 extra pairs of some limited edition shoes and then resell it for a price that's literally the same justification i was unethical i think it's because you haven't been at a situation when i have you want to buy something and you haven't been able to get it and you're like and people have been reselling them for maybe four times five times of value and I then you're still starting to get pissed off and you'll be like oh fuck these resellers no, if I got really, if I didn't get really pissed off, I'd put that energy towards making money and then just buy it. But I'm saying like, I have, like, I wanted to buy the Pro Tros too. Yeah. Like I wanted to buy the Kobe gear too. Mm-hmm. You don't see me putting my old Kobe nines out or reselling them for like a grand. If anyone wants it, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. So 
So it's not. I don't think it's unethical. So why? So you don't. If you don't think it's unethical, I think so Gymshark Gymshark sale had this uh, Black Friday sale last Friday, right? Sure. What if we just bought the whole store? You literally can't do that. Yes, you can. There no, was, you can't. Remember when we were trying to buy those joggers and those There's joggers went out? Dude, you cannot. One user cannot max out their supply. That's not possible. I can go to Gymshark right now. There's going to be a limit to how much I can buy. No, but I'm saying, what if there's a bot? There's a limit to how much you can buy, but a bot can just keep on using using different accounts to buy other stuff, right? That's the that's the premise of a bot. Like for these like Xboxes, I'm pretty sure like Walmart has a limit on how many uh, Xboxes you can buy. Yeah. But these bots, like he has like five computers running. Okay. And these five computers all have different quote unquote accounts and different bots. I'm pretty sure you can max sell. So if I want to buy 10 pairs, I can buy 10 pairs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if someone wants to buy, pay Gymshark 5,000 pairs, uh, if, someone wants, if someone wants to pay Gymshark the amount of money it costs to buy 5,000 pair of shorts. So why don't we do that then? Do why don't we just become resellers? Do you have the money to pay for that up front? We can have a Kickstarter. That's the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Also, Gymshark would probably file a lawsuit against us because that's illegal. Well, Walmart didn't file a lawsuit against the other person. Against who? Against the person that- Because he didn't buy out, it wasn't one person that single-handedly bought out every single supply. No, he single-handedly bought out like that one store supply. Yeah. Like for example, if there's a Walmart at Metrotown or like Eaton Center, he bought out that whole store supply. Yeah. You're talking about Gymshark who has global manufacturing, like they don't have a retail front. It's just like, you know how many shorts they make? (laughs) You're going to buy out like 15 million pairs of shorts. Okay, anyways, let's move on to the last debate topic. Alright, last one is, do you think it's good? Do you think, would it be good news or bad news for humans to see aliens? I think it's going to be bad news. Very thorough. I think, <laughs> Thank I think you. no, I, I want to hear your take on it and then we'll see if I'm going to see if I'm going to have, like, have to come up with a debate plan or not. No, I, actually, I also agree. I think it's going to be bad news if you see it. Okay, sure. Now we can elaborate on why we both think okay. it's a bad news then. Why okay. do you think it's bad news? I think it's a bad news that, first of all, people are not very accommodating to change, right? And people, and humans are not, are like, for a while, they've been known to be like the highest level of organisms on this planet i'm not saying but i also think that this like movie industry and these like film industry and production industry and the government has given us false interpretations or not even false interpretation like false i guess interpretations of what an alien could look like because if i if i if you close your eyes and you think of an alien i'm betting you you're thinking of someone i thought of your you uh of a Fucking bald ass, big head, skinny legs, skinny arms. Okay, but you, you can't say it's a false interpretation because there is no true interpretation. Okay, fine, but I'm saying like it's a it could have, it could be a misinterpretation. Like there could be aliens living among us. I right know, right? Yeah. But we don't know. It could be like living like microorganisms. It doesn't have to be the same size as us. It doesn't have to like yeah. an alien doesn't have to live with us. Like an I know, American but it's dad. not false though. It's just that's their narrative that they created. It could be true. It could it could be false. We don't mm-hmm. know because we don't know the actual what aliens look like. Um, okay, let's let me rephrase this. Is it good or bad to, for us to see alien or to do you think alien exist? So so I I've actually been looking into this uh, for a, diff- a few different reasons. Which which website QAnon? Huh? 
<laughs> Which website have you been looking no, into? This is this? called the www.realconspiracytheories.com. Okay. But oh, I use that website too. <laughs> okay. okay, so it would actually be. So there's a theory out there in terms of. So it's called, I believe it's called the Fermi paradox as to why we haven't seen aliens. Because, like, given the size of the universe, statistically speaking, there should be another race of whatever out there, right? But statistically speaking, Elon Musk also came out and said this, right? I think it was, it's not recently, but he said this in a podcast around like five to 10 years ago. He said, or I think it was Elon Musk from Bill Gates. He said, by the, by the time that this human generation has been like evolving, we don't, this is a simulation. We live in a simulation. Okay, I know the theory. Yeah. But you, like we evolved way too quickly. That's not why he said we live in a simulation. Where something he was saying, talking about how if we ever achieve fully functional AI that's smarter than humans, there's a very high chance that we're living in a simulation. Yeah, something like that. Because someone could just literally code an AI program that runs our entire world in a simulation. And I think that's what he was talking. I think about. it was. I I forgot. That was, it was something about us ever being like going through evolution that fast. I forgot who stated that. It was Elon Musk. I think it was yeah. Elon Musk, yeah. right? I it's not know. Bill Gates, bro. Yeah. Not Bill Gates doesn't say this kind of stuff. Yeah. But here, here's here's the thing, though. So Fermi paradox is why everyone see aliens. So there's a theory called the Great Filter, which is basically saying that look at the ways humans have evolved. We mm -hmm. have now nuclear. Well, he said this on the Joe Rogan experience. Okay. Yeah. And so it's not recent, actually. He said this on. 2018, September 7th. He's also just like talked about it on his like social media and stuff mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Oh, we forgot to talk about that Elon Musk has COVID. He doesn't have COVID. Or what's the inflammation? Okay, let me explain okay. this part first, bro. I'm trying to say there's a theory called out there called the gray filter. If you look right. at the ways humans have developed, mm -hmm. we now have the power within an hour to just completely decimate this earth with the nuclear bombs. And we just kill all life on planet earth within an hour. Would you agree? Sure. So... Um, the Great Filter is basically saying that no civilization has advanced that far technologically without killing themselves and just wreck, like making themselves extinct. So the reason why we don't see any aliens is because nobody has been able to make it past this Great Filter where they've been able to evolve society and their technology and civilization past a certain level before just killing themselves. Mm -hmm. Imagine we start bioengineering, you know, diseases alongside nuclear bombs. Which we're already doing. Yeah, COVID. there's so many ways that humans are progressing that can just kill all of us instantaneously. Okay. So that's one theory is great, uh, is the great filter. The other theory is that they're just so far advanced that it's like when we walk on the stream, we see a little ant. Why don't we try to go, hey, ant, like, what's up? Like, let, let me talk about, learn about your civilization. Yeah. And we just see a little ant hill. Like, oh, yeah. cool. We don't even try to communicate with ants. Uh -huh. An ant could be like a human saying, all right, we're trying to progress. We're trying to send out our signal so that other, you know, aliens out there could hear us. And they don't even, they're not even on the same level. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. They're not on the same level. Mm -hmm. That could be us to aliens, which is why aliens, you know, don't exist to us. Because mm -hmm. we're little puny ants on the concrete. Dude, yeah, you know, I actually think about this a lot when I was a kid, actually. Like, we could be just like some tiny organisms living on the surface of something we are dude we're just a bunch of monkeys that are <laughs> running around on a flying meteorite that's going around the sun yeah if you think about it that's pretty messed up you put things into perspective on what the universe actually is i was also reading another thing cool we're talking about space now 
Do you know what the three body or the n body problem is? No. So basically, it's in physics or astrophysics. When we have two bodies that each have their own gravitational pull, we can mathematically figure out how they orbit around another and predict their path. Okay. As soon as you add a third body in there that has its own gravitational pull, there's we cannot predict the travel path. Mm -hmm. Like it's erratic. So you look at the solar system. Look how many bodies are in the solar system with their own gravitational pull. The fact that they're all rotating around each other in a predictable format is by pure chance. So it's saying like within the next hundred million years or so, our solar system is probably not going to spin the way it's spinning or orbit the way it's orbiting. Not to mention if a meteorite comes in and changes that gravitational pull by just the slightest, it's going to throw everything offhand. So we don't even know how our orbit's working. By any chance right now, the Earth could just fall out of orbit and crash right into the sun. Like we don't know. Okay, let's let's end this on this topic. We can talk about it for a quick right, two minutes, but we can talk about this. Do you think? What do you think is gonna be the end for uh, civilization for us? The end you, of civilization. Do you think it's gonna be a natural disaster, or do you think it's gonna be a like a human? Uh, I definitely humans are gonna kill themselves. You think so? If humans don't kill themselves, then it's gonna be a climate disaster. Okay, you I you basically just said the two. No, but I said human human kills themselves first though. Higher chance a human just kills themselves. Nuclear. Yeah, dude, the humans almost killed themselves during the Cold War. Do Do you remember hearing that story where the guy he saw the he saw someone had launched five nuclear warheads into the air? Mm -hmm. He was like a Russian operator, and he was about to click and launch all of Russian's nuclear warheads. But he thought no way that someone would just send like five warheads. It must be a glitch. He mm -hmm. waited two minutes, and it was just a glitch because the sun was reflecting off the clouds. If he hit send on those nuclear bombs, we wouldn't be here right now. We'd be dead. What's his name? I'm gonna find his name. Something about some miscalculated warhead. We need launch. a clue. Nice. Anyways, what do you think? I think it's gonna be a natural disaster, actually. You think a natural disaster? Yeah. What type of natural disaster? I don't know what type, but I don't think that humans are dumb enough to run ourselves into the ground. You'd be surprised, bro. You do, do you not remember World War One, World War Two, Holocaust? But we didn't. Like we, we still came out. You know, like just as Daniel said, when 50, oh nice, <laughs> very nice. When bro. fifty percent of civilization, it's gone. The other fifty percent thrive. What does that have to I'm do just with kidding. what we're talking about? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, let's end it there. All right. Uh, yeah, so let's stop it there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Topical. Again, the full audio version of this is online on any podcast platform you listen to. Make sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know down in the comment section below which topics you enjoy the most, what topics you want to see us talk about in the future, and if there's any specific debate topics you're interested in hearing us talk about. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week.